on today's Locked On Thunder podcast. Leonard Miller, how does he fit with the Oklahoma City Thunder? Why is he flying up draft boards? Can he shoot? It's the Leonard Miller draft profile and projection all coming up on today's Locked On Thunder podcast. You are Locked On Thunder, your daily Oklahoma City Thunder podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Let's get it going on the Lockdown Thunder Podcast, on the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. I am your host, new member and editor-in-chief over at thunderousintentions.com, Ryland Styles. You can follow me on Twitter at Ryland underscore Styles. Follow the show on Twitter at LOTHunderPod. Email the show, LOTHunderPod at gmail.com. On today's show, we're diving into another NBA draft profile and projection, this time diving into one of the risers at the NBA Draft Combine G League Ignite's own Leonard Miller. Thank you so much for making us your first listen. We're here for you every single day. We're here for you talking Thunder basketball. Subscribe for free across all podcasting platforms so you never miss an episode. Today's episode is brought to you by Bird Dogs. Go to birddogs.com slash LockedOnNBA where you can enter to win the, you can enter the promo code LockedOnNBA and you'll have uh, some free custom Bird Dogs Yeti-style tumblers with every order if you use the code LockedOnNBA. Let's talk Leonard Miller. At the Combine, he was a riser in Chicago. We're going to be talking about him a lot over the coming weeks, specifically next week with Richard Stamen at Mavdraft on Twitter, who was at the Combine. We discussed with uh, Derek Parker yesterday about Leonard Miller as well, and today we're doing his actual NBA draft profile. At that Combine, he was measured in at 6'9 without shoes, 213 and a 7-2 wingspan at just 19 years old. He went the G League Ignite route. Uh, he declared for the NBA draft last year, ended up going to the G League Ignite instead of going to the draft and staying in the draft or going to college. And last year in that draft, I had Leonard Miller at, at, at uh, 31 on my big board. So he did the right thing by going to the G League and then rising his stock some. And we'll see on draft night just how much of that climbs from where I had him last year, which is which was a... Uh, probably zealous, an overzealous ranking of him, but I really like Leonard Miller, and he's only gotten better from last year. He's an extreme athlete that fits as a small ball five and could work really well as a modern four if he continues to improve his jump shot. One of the biggest strengths for Leonard Miller is the fact that he is an elite athlete with great frame, with a great frame and a seven-two wingspan. He can deter shots at the rim. He can contest shots on the wing. He is able to get beat off the dribble, and then recover thanks to that length. He's able to use that length in a, in a really good way where he's able to grab steals, simply deflect passes that just congest the offense and end your possession. Like you've seen watching this Thunder team who have so many players that can that can deflect passes. It might not end in a steal. You might not end the possession literally, but proverbially you do end the possession because you've deflected it. Now the ball ping-pongs around the floor a little bit. Someone picks it up at the elbow, and there's three Thunder players around him. Shot clock's now at three, and there's just nothing that that team can do uh, to, to, to kind of save their possession. So he can create chaos, and if he's not cleaning it up, his teammates clean it up, and it just looks really fun defensively. Uh, the idea of plugging him in to this Thunder defense, which is which has routinely been over projection uh, under Mark and, and, and has such 
valuable defenders in terms of on this roster where you look at SGA, who's an excellent defender, Lou Dort, of course, we know what he brings, and Jalen Williams, who projects to be a really good defender, as well as getting back Chet Holmgren, who is an elite rim protector out of college. That all is the very enticing things that he does on the defensive end because of his length and because of his, his athletic ability. He's really good at not only timing his jumper, I'm sorry, not only timing his jump to defend shots, but also if he mistimes it, he's able to get back on the floor and get back up in the air in a hurry. And so it's, it's hard to get around him. He puts a lot of pressure on teams, especially late in shot clocks. And he was able to be um, more grounded than you'd expect for somebody playing at a more undersized five at times where he doesn't fall for a ton of ball fakes, uh, which is encouraging for him moving forward. And watching him in the in the G League, I think that people do not understand how how valuable the G League is and how good it is, and he's playing against grown men. And like he was playing guys like Jay Huff, who are, who are humongous and, and holding his own um, in those games, even at his size. So it was very encouraging to see him do that, and he provides you that defensive versatility, uh, guarding some threes, but mainly fours and fives um, in the NBA and, and in the G League. And so he's just getting started, just kind of hitting the tip of the iceberg here with Leonard Miller. His other trait is how amazing he is in transition. He runs the floor exceptionally well. He can do it both as a play finisher, as a play connector, and as a play starter in transition, either by getting the steals and hitting the ball ahead, getting rebounds, grabbing and going with his above average handle for his position. Uh, he, he does everything well in transition, and that's why, uh, as we're going to get to the synergy portion of this in a little bit, that's why he grades out in the 90th percentile in transition uh, for the G League. He was awesome. He was awesome. Another big area for him is that he is really good at handling the ball for his size, and it lets him get downhill to the rim because he's an elite rim finisher. He can take on contact. He can finish through contact. That's only going to improve as he gets more mature, uh, and he's able to, at times, uh, beat his matchup because, again, sometimes he's matched up with four or fives. He's able to use that handle to get around his defender. But you can put him in a multitude of ways to have him succeed on the offensive end. Good at getting downhill, but mainly going to play off ball. So he's a great cutter uh, because of his, his athletic ability. Really good in the dunker spot. He showed some comfortability being a post-up offensive weapon and also being in the mid-range, which is something that's going the way of the Dodo Bird in the NBA in general, but does leave you left encouraged with the fact that maybe he can uh, become a better shooter from beyond the arc. I like his passing Again, for his position. He's not going to make these Josh Giddy passes, but he is going to be somebody that connects your offense and puts you in a position to get out and run, which the Thunder love to do, third in the league in pace for OKC, uh, and a high-level passer in terms of knowing where to put the ball uh, whenever he wants to be locked in. An area that I think of his game that he can really thrive in, that we saw some in the G League, but I think that we'll see a heavy dose of in the NBA, or at least it would be advantageous to him if we saw a heavy dosage of it in the NBA, is, a, is him as a pick-and-roll role man. I think that that can create a ton of mismatches and for himself, for the ball handler, and an ability to create easy points at the rim, uh, either for that ball handler or for him on the pick-and-roll. So I think that the pick-and-roll as a role man for Leonard Miller will be a massive weapon for him to use. He did make 32% of his shots on threes uh, on just two attempts per game, so that's not a horrendous starting point for him. Obviously, he needs to get much better at it, but, but it could be worse. Uh, from beyond the arc, and he has shown improvement from three um, throughout his young, young, young career. He's also shown a willingness to change his jump shot, which is a, a positive. Like, he's not 
uh, you know, kind of intrinsically stuck in his ways of he's going to do it his way and his way only. He's made some minor tweaks, and so that shows that he is coachable. All the intel, is, you know, says he's a very hard worker, uh, and all that stuff checks out from Leonard Miller. But but his his elite athleticism, his transition, uh, his precision, versatility, uh, his his understanding of how to disrupt things off ball, uh, all very good. Uh, I think that he has a ton of upside potential as a help side block, a uh, you know, shot blocker. Didn't show that a ton in the G League, or at least as much as you would want him to, considering how athletic he is. But I think that that potential is still there for him. That's something that kind of can come along and 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 kind of burst out out of nowhere. Remember that year with Darius Spacey was just all of a sudden one of the best shot blockers that we've seen without fouling. Uh, so you can kind of learn that with with your raw athletic ability, how to nurture that and how to uh, implement that in a more um, better way. Uh, and and with that fouling, it, it wasn't like he was fouling out of games a whole lot uh, in general. And I, I think that that was good to see him contest shots without fouling to the best of his ability at age 19 years old. Uh, I like his handle for his size. I like his ability to disrupt jump shooters um, in this league. And he has some ways to to impact offenses at a high level, despite not having that jump shot where you'd want it to be or particularly close um, to where you would want it to be. So there's a lot of things to like. What you should like right now, though, as we discuss his weaknesses coming up, you should like our good friends over at Bird Dogs, folks. Go to birddogs.com slash LockedInNBA, and if you use the code LockedInNBA, you're going to get a free tumbler with every purchase. I'm wearing Bird Dogs right now. They're extremely comfortable. They're extremely comfortable. And you know what? The Bird Dogs are the thunder of clothing wear. I'll tell you why. They're comfortable, but versatile. Versatile is the name of the game. Versatility is what you want both on the court if you're Oklahoma City and also in your pants if you're Oklahoma City. Well, on your pants. Well, anyway, listen. The reason they're so versatile is because these shorts are comfortable, flexible. They look good, but you can play good in them too. Because with these bird dog shorts, you could walk into a business meeting this summer. And in that business meeting this summer, you will not look out of place. It looks professional. It looks profound. You look like you're put together. But in those same shorts, you could leave that business meeting and go party and play some pickup basketball, and you're flexible and comfortable enough to go get the job done on the court as well. So the fit is perfect, the comfortability is perfect, and the style is perfect as well. So it's great. Check it out today by going to birddogs.com slash LockedOnNBA. That's LockedOnNBA. Use that code, and you're going to get a free tumbler. And this is not just any tumbler. This is a Yeti-style tumbler, and you can see it right here on YouTube. I drink out of this daily daily because it's, it's just keeps the coffee so warm uh, and so hot. And, you know, when you're recording podcasts and you're getting the content out there for the people, you sometimes forget to drink the coffee and it gets a little cold, not with this tumbler, which is a great value added value at birddogs.com slash locked in NBA. Uh, so go check it out today at birddogs.com slash locked in NBA. We're back on the Lockdown Thunder Podcast, on the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. Thank you so much for making us your first listen every single morning, every single day. We're here for you talking Thunder basketball. Folks, what are Leonard Miller's weaknesses? For you everydayers, I appreciate you listening to today's podcast. Uh, upcoming next week, we're going to be back with Richard Stamen talking about the draft with our interview with him. Plus, you're going to get more draft profiles, so drop below who you want to hear about next. Weaknesses for Leonard Miller. The jump shot clearly needs work. Uh, in my opinion, it's a bit flat, uh, you know, a, bit of, a bit of a flat arc on his jump shot. The big concern is he kicks his legs out like he's a scissor tail fly catcher just going everywhere. Uh, 
But the starting point of 32% is encouraging. The fact that he's embraced some tweaks to his form is encouraging. And the intel of like how hardworking he is, how susceptible he is to coaching, that's all great as well. So the jumper is a red flag and does need work. But I think that for him, not only is the starting point good, the, the vision of, hey, if he's just a teensy bit below average to average, he does so many other things well that you can envision a high-level role for him if he just gets to be in a below-average um, three-point shooter in, in a sense of a more respectable three-point shooter or, or just an average one would be incredible, much less if you make some humongous leaps and bounds from beyond the arc. And for the Thunder specifically, they do have Chip England, uh, who is incredible uh, and a world-renowned shooting coach. You give him another dart to throw at trying to kind of overhaul somebody's jump shot. To me, the biggest red flag is not the jump shot because of all those excuses that you can give a 19-year-old for a jump shot. To me, the biggest red flag is his hands. It's going to sound crazy because all week long, you've been hearing, oh, how big his hands are. Look how big those hands are. You know, they're in the 99th percentile of hands. Those are humongous hands. That's all you've been hearing about. Yes, they are massive hands. And that is incredible. You can have anything you want to be massive Anything can be massive. Folks, I'm here to tell you, you got to know how to use it. Okay? Size is great. You got to know how to use it. His hands are a big red flag because there are just a few too many times where he makes a great cut, where he is put in that pick and roll roller spot and he does roll to the rim very well, or he is running the transition fast break with a clear lane to the rim and he gets thrown the ball and he fumbles it. And he either fumbles it to the point where he loses the ball and the possession's over, or he fumbles it to the point where the defense can react him and he gives himself a tougher shot, which he is good at making. However, as that defense takes a scale up into the NBA scale, you know, into the NBA realm, does that still improve? You know, does that still happen for him? So he's got to improve his hands because if you're not going to be an elite shooter, you have to, have to, have to capitalize more often than not when you get your open looks at the rim because the paint's going to be more clogged, the defenses are going to be sacking off of you. So even getting shots at the rim will be harder if you cannot shoot, which so far he cannot and so you're going to need to capitalize whenever you get that chance. And so if you're fumbling away opportunities in your limited minutes, that then even more hamstrings your offense, which even more hamstrings your, your minutes, which even more hamstrings your development, and so on and so forth. So the hands, despite being big, got to learn how to use them, got to learn how to capitalize on each opportunity. And my last weakness, my last red flag for him, is sometimes... Leonard Miller, goes into what I would call my career mode. If you've ever played NBA 2K, you know there are many a times where you're sitting there and you're going to hop onto my career, you put yourself on your favorite team, uh, and you're playing the computer, and you're able to score 100 points in a game, and there's just times where you are taking bad shots, you weren't playing discipline, off-ball defense, and, and you're just kind of floating around out there waiting on your turn, spamming A to get you the ball, spamming X to get you the ball uh, thrown over to you. There's times where Leonard Miller, throughout this season, was a ball-stopping player who was trying to create, trying to jack up, jack up shots. There were times where he was lackadaisical as an off-ball defender and someone who was not engaged. The defense happens a lot with young guys. So the defense, let's just throw that to the side. The explanation for the ball stopping 
Because again, I think he is a high-level passer for his position. I would wonder if that had a purpose. The reason I say that is we've seen firsthand how the Thunder used the G League and the Thunder sending players down there routinely, sending players down there often, and they're always assigned with working on things. Trey Mann trying to be a better catch-and-shoot you know, guy. Uh, Usman Jang trying to play with more offensive force. Jalen Williams out of Arkansas trying to play with more offensive force. Like We've seen them utilize that G League to work on specific avenues of their game. And so in these moments, in these games where Leonard Miller was a ball stopper, because it was not a consistent thing, it happened once every few games, in those games where he looks like a ball stopper, was that on purpose in the sense of were those games where they decided, hey, let's see tonight if you can try to show off some of your creation or try to get better at creating or try to get better you know, shooting in isolation and scoring in isolation, and it looks like he's ball stopping, it looks like he's jacking up shots, it looks like he's bored and just wants to be the offensive focal point. But in reality, it is him trying to get better at a skill set and utilizing the G League in the proper way. And the only reason that I would give Leonard Miller that benefit of the doubt is because it does not happen nearly consistent enough for me to be concerned about it. There are far, far, far more times where he's unselfish, makes the right play, and does the right thing for this to be like some, you know, worrisome thing for me. But it was a thing that he did. But I think that if you go talk to the Ignite coaches, if you talk to Leonard, I think that you would learn those moments more often than not were him purposefully, instructedly, let's say, doing that and, and, and trying to trying to find his game. So the weaknesses for me, jump shot, clearly, from beyond the arc. Uh, the hands, biggest weakness, biggest weakness. And then at times you fall into my career mode because you're a little bit checked out defensively. Synergy, what does synergy tell us? 90th percentile in transition offense, 90th percentile after timeouts offensively, uh, he shot 37% on spot-up jump shots, 48% on post-ups, 55th, uh, 54th percentile for post-up offense for Leonard Miller. Uh, he shot 40% coming off of screens. That's the 67th percentile for him. And then the lowly number is 30% on catch-and-shoot jumpers. He was very good at the rim. Uh, at the rim, he shot 66th percentile uh, on layups. That was 62% and only missed one dunk all year long. He was 14 for 25 on tip-ins. So that shows you uh, some positive touch on those second efforts off of missed shots. His length really disrupted jump shooters. Uh, Opponents shot 35% against him. Uh, At the rim, he was in the 70th percentile defensively. He was in the 78th percentile defending the pick and roll. He was in the 81st percentile defending handoffs and 50th percentile defending post-ups. So you can see where Leonard Miller can be an excellent defender at the next level and, and throughout his, his NBA career. Only 19, ton of areas to um, grow from and to and to learn from and to get to um, that next step. Where is he available in NBA mock drafts? The Ringer has him at 16. ESPN has him at 21. The Athletic has him at 13. Bleacher Report has him at 30. CBS has him at 22. NBC has him at 25. Uh, DraftNet has him at 22. Uh, Tankathon has him at 20. I have him at 11. Mavs Draft has him at 15 on his latest mock draft. His latest mock draft also, as a callback to Monday's show, which you should go listen to, which was the Thompson Twins profile, 
His mock draft also has Leonard Miller falling to 12 to Oklahoma City. I said on Monday that Leonard, that, that, I'm sorry, Mavs draft also has Azar Thompson falling to 12. And I said on Monday's podcast, the the uh, Twins podcast on Monday, that Azar could be slipping in the coming weeks. So far for the combine, uh, that's one mock draft that has uh, Azar to OKC. The ceiling and floor of Leonard Miller. The ceiling and floor for Leonard Miller, one, as the ceiling would be a high-level defender that becomes a league-average three-point shooter that lives above the rim and is, you know, your starter number four on your team. Like, you have three really, really good guys, and then this guy is, like, your fourth-best starter, and he's able to tie it all together and put a bow on it, put a nice, shiny bow on it because he's a high-level defender that's switchable. He's average from three-point line, so it does not cram your spacing, spacing too much, and he is dominant at the rim. The floor for Leonard Miller is a nice bench piece that provides a spark for your team and is a good matchup-based player because of that defense. And there are certain matchups where you, he can thrive and you can space out a team and maybe he can thrive on offense too, but he's just a nice bench piece. That's the floor for Leonard Miller. Now, what is his fit with the Oklahoma City Thunder? We'll talk about that coming up. We're back on the Lockdown Thunder Podcast, on the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. Thank you so much for making us your first listen every single morning, every single day. We're here for you, talking Thunder basketball. It's the Leonard Miller Draft Profile and Projection. We've done many a draft profile and projections already. We'll continue to do some all the way up through the draft. So make sure that you subscribe to Lockdown Thunder wherever you get your podcast from. This week alone, we've done the Leonard Miller one. We did the Thompson Twins on Monday. Uh, Gritty Dick was last week, like we've done a lot. Uh, we've already done Dries Walker, Taylor Hendricks. Some of your favorites already have a draft profile, so go back and listen to them on Locked on Thunder. Coming up this week, we're going to try to do Mailbag Monday on Monday. Uh, if we don't get enough questions, we'll do a draft profile. Uh, and then on Tuesday, uh, we're going to talk more about the draft with a with a kind of, kind of a draft profile. And then on Wednesday, we'll do a mock draft, big board type of episode. Thursday, we're going to look to talk to Richard Stamen on uh, on uh, Thursday's pod about the draft and the, about the combine, what he learned at the combine, and then Friday, a draft profile. So a lot of draft profiles. Drop down below who you want to hear about next. So our fit with the Thunder and Leonard Miller. His future role, as in like this current season, would be like a bench player who is going to spend a lot of time back in the G League working with Cam Woods, trying to develop uh, because the Thunder utilized the G League so well. Uh, and he's going to work with Chip England and to see if he can get his jump shot right. The future for him might be that that ceiling where he's like a, a really high-level player that, that puts a bow on your team rather than being a fo- the focal point of your team. Uh, but in reality, uh, his future would probably look like a very impactful like seventh man on your team, sixth man on your team that really helps you out off the bench and uh, closes some games for you depending on the matchup, uh, which is more important than starting. Rotational fit. I think that you would see Jeremiah Robinson's minutes decline whenever he's not in the G League. I think that Leonard Miller would uh, take some of those Jerry minutes unless Jerry just came back looking totally different. And with that being said, the roster impact would be Jeremiah Robinson would would go the way of the Dodo Bird after this season's over with if he continues to get beat out by Jay Will, which is likely, and if Leonard Miller um, looks the way that he he should in his first year. So that, that would kind of be the, the ripple effect of drafting Leonard Miller. Why the Thunder should draft him? If the Thunder believe that he can be engaged defensively all the time and believe that 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 jump shot can be salvaged even to an average level, uh, much less to a better-than-that level, uh, they should absolutely um, um, pull the trigger on Leonard Miller. The Thunder shouldn't take him if they'd rather go get a more 
ready player. It might not be the right word for it because I think that the Thunder would not sacrifice like who can help us win a game this year versus like who would be the better player in five years. I still do not think that this roster is at that point yet. Um, I, I think that the roster would still be looking for who's the best player in two or three years, even though they won 40 games. As Sam Presti said, you got to finish your breakfast. So ready isn't necessarily um, the right word for it, but maybe like a player who still has upside, but this specific season coming up has a more tangible skill that will fit the team currently uh, while also carrying some upside. So like maybe guy like Critty Dick, where like Critty Dick um, this season obviously can help you as a shooter. That's clear and obvious, like how he helps this season. Whereas Leonard Miller, the way he helps the season is as a cutter and a defender. And you have a lot of cutters and defenders already. So like they both have some, some upside to be like a four or five starter in this league. But one guy has a more tangible skill for you right now versus the other. So maybe like they, they would rather see that value or if they see value in trading up, which I would expect the Thunder to be um, aggressive and looking for trade ups. Now, now, that's not to say that, that will happen because it takes two to tango. You've got to have the right, the right, not only partner, but the right draft order likely to fall out to allow you to trade up. But I think that they'll look for it and they'll explore how to trade up in the draft. So if you trade up, that takes Miller off the table. Uh, you know, so you're not picking at 12 and Miller's no longer on the table if you go above 12. So those are like the, the reasons why he'd fit with the Thunder and what he looks like in the NBA. What do you think about Leonard Miller, one of the hottest names right now on Thunder Twitter? A lot to dive into coming up in the future. We'll get more reports on the draft. We'll have more draft profiles, mock drafts, big boards, and interviews with some of your favorite draft talent out there and draft content creators. So comment down below what you think of Leonard Miller, number one. Number two, comment below who you want the next NBA draft profile to be upon. And then number three, comment down below who would be your ideal target that the Thunder could realistically get in your mind? Who would it be that you would love to see the Thunder walk away with on draft night? So comment on that down below, either on YouTube or on Twitter at Ryland underscore styles. Subscribe to this podcast anywhere you get your podcast from. And until Monday, be good and be good to one another.